We talk about NASA a lot on this channel, but it's a big world and there's a lot of different nations that are developing spacecraft to fly and help explore space. And my guest today is Mohsen Alawadi, who is the director of space missions at the United Arab Emirates Space Agency. And they have a mission at Mars right now called Hope that delivers some really amazing images of Mars. They're working on a future spacecraft that's going to be exploring the asteroid belt and hopefully landing on an asteroid, as well as other missions in the work. So we have a conversation mostly about the HOPE mission and what they've learned so far, and we get a sneak preview into some of the future work that UAE Space Agency is working on. So it's a fascinating interview. Here's my conversation with Mohsen Al-Awadi. So what was it like seeing those first pictures come back from Mars? Yeah, I, I remember that day when, uh, so it was an announcement on a bigger scale that uh, we had the leaders of the UAE with us uh, on that day for us to announce it. And we, I did see the raw data when it first came, but they wanted the first image that we'll see. There was just a few people working on it. Um, uh, so at least the feeling will be the same feeling that you would get when you really see it for the first time. It felt awkward in a way that we've seen these images previously or something similar to it by mission that were done by NASA, ESA, other countries that spent to Mars previously. But seeing that this is a product of a mission that you worked on, it was definitely a surreal feeling. And it was hard to digest that this is actually something we worked on. And now this is the first result that we get to see it. So it, it was a confusing moment that this is actually a product from that mission that we worked on, yet something unrealistically huge that, wow, that's that's beautiful. Yeah, like like technology that you worked on is right is at Mars right now and sent this picture home. I, you know, I remember those first pictures as well. And I think we, it had a very definitive style. Like you could see the pictures from Hope and go, okay, those are Hope images as well as special, some of the, like the full sphere Mars images, even though we had seen that kind of stuff before, I think the way your camera was set up, you got that in a way that I don't think we had seen that view again before. Exactly. And I think um, not as much as with the camera itself, definitely, again, it's um, it's a beautiful piece of art as a payload put together. But the orbit that the, the spacecraft had and the Emirates Mars mission has, it's totally different than anything else. And I think that's why the visuals that we got, the data that we're getting back, it was meant to be different. It, it's meant to capture something that previously was not existing for the science uh, community. So yes, that is that is an accurate statement that it's different because it's just the positioning of the spacecraft compared to Earth compared to Mars. Sorry, it's something that's unique to this mission. So what what are the science goals that you're looking to answer with the Hope mission? In summary and in general, so what was missing previously from the Martian atmosphere or understanding Mars was having a what we call here on Earth, a weather satellite, a satellite that's dedicated on studying the atmosphere, the differences between the upper and the lower uh, atmosphere, what caused the atmosphere to lose, uh, or Mars to lose its atmosphere. That was 
one connection that this machine is trying to make, plus is getting that holistic view of the Martian atmosphere at 24-7, even though Mars is 24 plus a couple of minutes up there, but getting that full uh, daily view and four seasons uh, date worth of data, that is something that did not exist. For us to better understand the dust storms, the changes that we see over these four seasons that Mars has, which is similar to Earth, so they have same four seasons as well. So these are, you know, things that with well, the previous mission being closer to Mars had a specific mission objectives or science objectives. But what we tried to do before we even kickstart this mission was go to the science community, the international science community. And if we are to do a new mission going to Mars, what would be useful? What would be unique and important for the scientific community to understand? And was that was the uh, holistic idea of creating the data set that previously did not exist. And there have been uh, plenty of science papers that have come out. We've reported on it quite a bit at Universe Today. What are some of the really interesting results that have come out that you've been quite proud of? So I think um, me personally, again, I'm not very strong background in the science aspect, but again, it goes from, from the science perspective, it seems everything we're doing, it's definitely is providing good engagement from the science community. For me, I think being able to claim we have new discoveries on this mission, things that we thought existed previously, like the discrete Aurora, mm -hmm. that yeah. we knew about it, but there was no mission that actually captured it. That was one of those moments, again, that we were supposed to do this much, but this mission is actually giving us more than we thought. And again, those were one of the moments that we felt we're not only contributing, but we are, we are also helping to gain better understanding of things we did not even promise the science community that we are able to 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 do. So those that was specifically to me when I heard that for the first time. You know, I told the science team, "Wasn't that something you planned for?" We're like, "No, we we thought we might have the opportunity. We have that theory about it, but to be able to actually capture it and have the data back to us." This is first of its kind. So it's not a discovery. I mean, you know, there was assumptions previously about how it looks like, how, it, you know, it, it's laid out. But this was the first time uh, for, for for any mission to be able to capture that. So that was one of those, um, I think, paper that was when was submitted and announced. Um, made us feel even more proud uh, being part of this. Mission. Yeah, and just to clarify for people who maybe didn't remember this, it was about about six months ago. There was an announcement of auroras on Mars and images to go along with it, and <clears throat> they're they're very faint, very hard to see, only seen in the in the night side under with certain instruments, and yet we were able to get those those images coming from the from the spacecraft. It was yeah, that was I that was the one that I was suspecting you were going to talk about, but but that's uh, that's awesome. Um, so then I guess how is the spacecraft performing now? And it's been a few years. Have you are you getting close to the end of your initial mission period? How's it doing? Yeah, so the mission was when we started the designing and the concept of operations and, you know, the lifetime items on the spacecraft, everything was designed to support one uh, Martian year, two Earth years. So we're getting there. We started our science objective approximately in May timeline of 2021. So a couple of months from now, we will be completing the one Martian year. The spacecraft reports are coming in really healthy. We are 
able to extend the mission based of based on the performance of the spacecraft, the instruments, and you know the payload suit. Uh, things are looking promising. We are actually now in the works on extending the mission, going with the baseline of continuing the same science, not decreasing anything, but not even at this point, not trying to increase anything neither. So it is continuing with the same baseline. Um, we are now in the process of seeing how long can we do it for? Can we do it for another Martian year? Can we do it for more than that? I mean, the reports we're getting <clears throat> back from the spacecraft and the spacecraft team uh, another Martian year is really promising, and it's something that's doable. Um, so again, it's only from now the logistics parts and the contractual part that we're working on. But hopefully sometime soon we will be announcing the exact plans mm -hmm. for the extended mission. But that is probably sometime in the May timeline or even before that. Well, you see some of the other way. missions that are out there. In some cases, they last decades. So, you know, this could be your your life's work. If, if if everything goes well. Exactly. And I think, again, we, as engineers, we tend to over-engineer things, especially when, it, when it's a spacecraft that you don't get to touch anymore or fix anything that you might not have thought about. So, which is great. And that's why, I mean, normally speaking, if a mission is success, the life expectancy of it continues. I mean, the things that normally degrades by nature is the batteries, for example, how often you cycle it. So, and then even if everything else is working fine, you know, there are some degradations there. The reaction wheels, for example, I mean, they're not constant, but whenever they're doing their, what they're supposed to do, you know, rotating the wheels. Also with that, there is some degradation that happens with it. But we're tracking all of that, you know, to understand what is the expected lifetime. So with all of that in place, and as you mentioned, it's, a, it's an asset that the UAE owns. It only makes sense for it to be extended as much as possible. And especially that is producing unique data that it's not, it's basically supporting this, the scientific community. So we will make sure as long as the spacecraft is operating, we will find a way for this mission to be extended and continuing um, these beautiful uh, data captures. So when you think about spacecraft design, what what's going on now in sort of new advances and new technologies that you're looking at that you think have a really interesting application in future missions? Really good question. And I think, I mean, the trend nowadays is AI and everyone is talking about AI and how it can be integrated, integrated to a system like a spacecraft. Um, IOT is another, you know, trend that, you know, everyone is trying to see how can we include all of that or those technology that's, you know, beneficial to us here on earth. How can we start, including it in complicated systems like a spacecraft. But being honest, one thing we tend to do, at least the approach we've been taking, is to make it as simple as possible, especially on an, an investment like the Emirates Mars mission, that it's science-driven mission. So we're not trying to prove any technologies on it, but we need to have a mission that is robust and with the, as much as possible, minimum risk as possible, when it when it comes to doing the trade between what can it can we do to make it more robust rather than utilizing something that we think might work so we try to make the spacecraft not too smart we try to make it or design it in a way that we are on top of it so that's why the complexity comes even for the spacecraft team that is still involved in the mission they're still on top of the spacecraft's um, data analysis 
making sure how the trends are going, is it per the design? And it's not, the team is not allowing the spacecraft to do most of these thinking. We're letting the spacecraft tell us, and we, based on that, either update or command it to do something different or continue doing what is what it does. But in general, I think on the other aspects when it's come when it comes to universities, when it comes to CubeSats, those are the areas that yes, we are trying to plug in things that if it fails, that's fine. It's technology demonstration program. Um, uh, so that is, you know, that I think the not a AI as we know it today, but something we call a full protection, for example. So if something goes wrong with a spacecraft, the spacecraft doesn't need for me to to respond to it and command the spacecraft to okay you're you're just charging too fast so to go ahead and do something about it because my contact with the spacecraft at this point is twice a week so I'm not on top of it at all of the time so we put some 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 in there as well but again on other missions we try IoT again is one of those examples that we're trying to involve more universities with us on smaller scale cubesats that. It's it's fine. It's a technology demonstration um, program, um, but I think those are at least the two areas that got a some sort of an, an engagement from us at least here in the UAE. Yeah, it's interesting. Like like that idea of being able to use cubesats and stuff that's in low Earth orbit for testing the new technology, seeing what place it has. Can you space harden it? And that's a completely different technology pathway than something that you're sending tens of millions of kilometers away and you need to know for sure that it's going to work, that if you give it a command to reboot, it's going to come back after the commands are complete because you can't just go over and, you know, plug, unplug it and plug it back in when it's at Mars. Um, it's, it's quite a challenge. Exactly. Now, are you at all involved in the, uh, in the upcoming, lander that's on the iSpace mission, the it's the Rashid? Yes. So we're not Mohammed the Rashid Space Center. So MBRC is one of the main space centers here in the UAE. Um who are, you know, who are, which is the team that's developed the MRS Mars mission as well. Um so that is fully done with that by, by that team, the Mohammed the Rashid Space Center team. We from the space agency, we took care and we, with coordination <clears throat> with the team from MBRC on aspects from plan to protection, uh, legislation, policies to be followed and things like that. But the mission, it's uh, funded by the MBRC, oh, okay. Mohammed Balanchid, through, I think, different channels of funding. ICT fund is one of them. But yeah, we from the space agency, we're just making sure whatever international legislation um, policies need to be met that's our uh, point of contact with the team. Right. So you'll be watching from the sidelines like the rest of us as that, as they make their landing in April. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. What, what mission are you working on next? Do you know yet? Yes. Yes. So um, the next flagship mission that we have, uh, it's called, um, so we don't have the official name for it other than, what it stands for. So Emirates mission to explore the asteroid belt. That is a mission that was announced in October of 2021. And it's a follow-up to the Emirates Mars mission. So we saw the success story behind the Emirates Mars mission. The international partners uh, on the strategic uh, knowledge transfer portion. 
um, uh, how that relationship worked and how knowledge was gained through that program. So we kicked off the follow-up mission, not going to, to Mars this time, but we're going to the, to the main asteroid belt uh, to basically study seven different wow. asteroids. Yeah, it's a grand tour, basically, of seven asteroids that's never been visited before um, and understand the origins of it, the minerals, the water-rich ones, and see how, if this can help us understand how the solar system all came together. Um, so that's the mission that's currently we're working on. And the way we're doing these missions nowadays, so again, the example that we did on the Emirates-Mars mission, we worked directly with the Mohammed bin Rashid Space Center. This time around, we're now working with one entity rather than we're calling it the, the national team, the UAE's national team. We are plugging in different team players from different entities or space sector in the UAE to create this national team. Um, and we're making sure whoever is joining, when they go back to where they come from, whatever entity, so if they come from an operational uh, entity, they are learning the operations of this mission. If they come from an R&D uh, entity, that's what they will gain from this mission. So they're supporting the mission during their time, but once they're done and they go back to where they come from, this knowledge will be, uh, will go back with them to the space sector here in the UAE. Uh, with this approach, we're trying to create more opportunities for whoever is interested here in the UAE to be part of this mission, you get an opportunity. And this time around, <clears throat> one huge focus and goal we have on the mission, other than the science objectives, is how to include a startup company. So this is a platform to start gaining a startup companies in the UAE. So if there's someone who's interested, who's not part of any ecosystem here in the UAE, but has the knowledge or has the interest and the passion to be part of a space mission, we're trying to create that opportunity as well and also support them to create their startups from financing them, de-risking their initial four, five years of any startup company. We wanna make sure that we will support them from the finance aspect and the knowledge aspect. So hopefully they will be part of the ecosystem once they're done with this mission. Um, so it's a huge mission. Uh, the timeline is launching in 2028 and approximately a five-year grand tour mm. around the asteroid. Uh, so and landing on the last and final asteroid, we have not announced the name of the asteroids yet, but I believe by April timeline that will be finalized when we will announce them. So the last asteroid, the seventh asteroid, we will be rendezvousing it and we will send a small a lander. We don't have the concept yet in place, but there will be something that will be landing on the final asteroid. That's really neat. So you're going to pass by all these seven, these six asteroids, reach the seventh, and then send a lander down onto the surface as the final place to study. That's going to be really fascinating work. Um, well, Mosen, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. And, and here's to many more uh, years with hope. And I look forward to this upcoming mission and everything else UAE is working on. Appreciate it. And thanks for right, having me. Take care. You can get even more space news in my weekly email newsletter. 
I send it out every Friday to more than 60,000 people. I write every word. There are no ads, and it's absolutely free. Subscribe at universetoday.com slash newsletter. You can also subscribe to the Universe Today podcast. There you can find an audio version of all of our news, interviews, and Q&As, as well as exclusive content. Subscribe at universetoday.com slash podcast, or search for Universe Today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A huge thanks to everyone who supports us on Patreon and helps us stay independent and keeps ads at a bare minimum. Thanks to all interplanetary researchers, the interstellar adventurers, and the galaxy wanderers. And a special thanks to Jay Dennis, David Giltonen, Modso, George, Jeremy Mattern, Jordan Young, Tim Whalen, Dave Verbioff, Andrew M. Gross, and Josh Schultz who support us at the Master of the Universe level. All your support means the universe to us.